Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. There we go. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, so we're back at it again um, for another episode of the podcast, guys. It's uh, just about Beltane season. So we're going to be bringing you um, another Beltane episode, Beltane 103 Fairy Circles, that's which right. is very exciting. I do not know what this is about. I mean, <laughs> I understand that I just said fairy circles, so I imagine round things, what with to do with the Fae, but um, I'm going to learn along with you. Uh, before we get into it, though, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that kind of stuff. And if you are on your podcast network of choice, uh, leave us a review. That's how we know that you listened. Um, and also, you can, like, you know, obviously hit us up on social and all that kind of stuff. It's all be linked in wherever links are for the thing that you're doing. And um, did I introduce us? You sure did. Yeah, we're yeah. us. So there you go. At least I think you did. I don't know. I don't we're know. us. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it at the end. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's let's just get right into it. What's going on with uh, fairy circles, y'all? Well, first, um, let's talk about Beltane. Okay. So Beltane is um, held in the northern hemisphere on May first. Although some people celebrate the night before, and in the southern hemisphere, it is celebrated on November first. Again, sometimes the night before yeah um and beltane is about halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice um this festival has been historically popular with herding communities and was traditionally the time that livestock was taken out into the fields after winter and the birthing season um and beltane is usually celebrated with bonfires and visiting holy wells fertility rituals sure, yes. would this be the last of the spring three yes this okay. is the last this of the, the spring this is the last three. The yes. Three. Um, hand fasting, uh, honoring the Fae, maypoles is like the big thing. Mm -hmm. um, feasts, of course, decorating with spring greenery, flowers, and ribbons. Um, and some people celebrate Beltane um, under the names Walpurgisnacht, uh, Mayday, Blossomfrils, or Floralia. Um, there are slight differences between them, uh, but that is basically it. Um, and we talk more about like general Beltane info and ways to celebrate in Beltane 101. That's episode 11. Uh, and we talk a little bit more specifically about the differences between uh, and the ways to celebrate specifically Walpurgisnacht, May Day, and Floralia in Beltane 102, which is episode 37. Yeah, and those uh those uh if you are watching this on YouTube, obviously we have like a uh uh podcast playlist or whatever, but we also have this signed on as a podcast on YouTube. I know that YouTube have, now has some sort of podcast feature. I don't know how it works, but I checked the box, so it's there. Um <laughs> so so, uh, so, so yeah, you. You, you should be able to look those up. You should be able to look those up pretty easily. Uh, and hopefully that new podcast feature on YouTube works, yeah, so, somehow. So yeah, I I don't yeah. I don't know I haven't used it to listen to a podcast. I listen to it on like all of the other places that you listen to podcasts. So I don't. Why would I listen to it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe it's just so that you can see our beautiful smiling. Well, but that's the whole video. So you know, it defeats the podcast definition of the word podcast. But we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so uh, that is what Beltane is and was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of its, like, connective tissue here, I guess we'll get right into fairy circles now, right? Yeah. So the reason that we're talking about fairies, and we tend to talk about the fae in the in the spring right around Beltane time, because this is the time of the thinning veil. Um, and I know that that sounds weird be to some people, because, like, you always hear about that in the, like... Halloweeny times, how the veil is thin and blah blah blah. But the thing is, is the veil is thin at Beltane and at Halloween mm -hmm. at Samhain. Uh, so you know, you'll see a lot of other, you'll see a lot of otherworldly and trickster things associated yeah. um, with spring uh, with spring. So that is one of the reasons we talk about the Fae. They're sort of waking up from hibernation and starting to. Be 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 how they are. Be doing stuff. Don't be doing. Be, be doing stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, fairy circles. Uh, fairy circles. Um, you know those like little circles of of grass, mm -hmm. like with you know mushrooms or, flowers or whatever. Or a circle yeah. of mushrooms. So yeah. fairy circles are also called. Excuse me. Fairy rings, uh, pixie rings, witches circles, sorcerers rings, elf circles, and elf rings, depending yeah. on kind of like yeah. where you are. 
If there's only one of them, it's a one ring. Uh, but that might that might spawn a volcano. So be oh, careful. That's fun. Yeah. yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> or maybe we do. Or maybe Does we. Does it mean do. that I don't have to go into or, work tomorrow? Or, or maybe then we yes. do. Um. <laughs> So in Germany, there's actually a superstition that witches would gather and hold their Walpurgisnacht um, celebrations in fairy circles. Mm. How fun. And it's fun. Those are very small witches or a very big circle because uh, fairy circles generally aren't that huge. That is how we ended up in or, this rabbit hole. Or it's hole. like a very tiny, like not particularly gangster party. It's just like three people standing real close <laughs> together. just like, pfft. Rad Beltane, right, guys? Hands inside the circle. Watch out. It's so magical. Yeah. 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 You know, so that's weird. <laughs> I just imagine some farmer, like, going into the woods to, like, chase after, like, a runaway animal or something. And he sees that and he's like, y'all doing all right over there? And they're just like, oh, yeah, don't worry about us. We're doing, um, mysterious stuff. Don't worry about it, man. And he's just like, these fucking witches are getting weirder and weirder by the season. <laughs> that's a real tiny circle. There are, like, four witches in there, I think. So I don't know about that. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe me when I get back home and tell them this story. Oh, it's like the TARDIS. Yeah. It's as big as it needs to be. Yeah. Um, it's bigger on the inside. It's just like, how many hats did you see in that circle? And he's like, I counted four, but I got to tell you, the circle was like this big. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someone was wearing a two-point hat. Do they have those two-point hats? <laughs> and that's how we got 2.0 as a saying. There you go. No, that's Making up not lies. Making up lies. all how that works. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so fairy rings. Uh, they're naturally occurring rings of mushrooms or other plant life. They're found mostly in forests and grassy areas. And fairy rings usually manifest in a couple of different ways. There's dead grass in like a ring shape, mm -hmm. a ring of healthy grass in an area of less healthy grass, a circle of dead grass inside an area of healthy grass, um, and a ring of mushrooms, um, which can also be in combination with any of the other kind of bits here. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, the rings are not always perfect rings. Sometimes they're more like arcs, mm -hmm. um, you know, like sections of a ring. And sometimes you can have multiples um, in a row. There's actually some really cool pictures of uh, fairy rings in uh, Iceland that are like in the moss, where they're kind of like a whole bunch of like segments of a ring together. It's very cool. Yeah. So um, before we talk about the magical side of things, I want to talk a little bit about the science behind it because it's actually super fascinating. Um, and this is kind of one of those interesting things where you're like, okay, well, like maybe there is some magic blending into this science because really the thing is, is like we know why fairy rings occur but also we don't literally at all well, a lot of science is that we like know a thing but we don't really get why that's a thing it's like yeah. we can explain how this is happening but why this occurs in the manner in which it occurs that's a different thing entirely yeah you yeah. know so fairy rings form when a mycelial network expands outwards in a circle over time a mycelial network is um the like Little network white of, underground of hairs. like of like hairs and kind of like roots of mushrooms yeah, yeah. underground. Um, mushrooms grow along the outermost edge of the circle uh, because they're sort of eating. They're sort of like leading the path um, forward for the ring to expand, and the grass in the center of the circle will most often be dead. Uh, these fairy rings can grow to be as big as like 30 feet, 33 feet in yeah. diameter, uh, but left unchecked over hundreds of years, they could grow as large as the Belfort ring in France, which is about a thousand feet wide and is over 700 years old as of 2017. That's awesome. Um, that means it is so wide that it can fit the Eiffel Tower lying on its side. Nice. Or one third of um, Sauron's tower. Yeah, Sauron's <laughs> Tower being three Eiffel Towers and it, an important, uh, an important unit of measure. Yeah, <laughs> unit. Yeah. Now the Namibian desert also has fairy circles, but they don't have any mushrooms um, in these circles. And scientists aren't sure why these rings occur. The current theory is that the rings are formed when the grasses inside the circle no longer have enough water to survive. And the plants on the outer edge of the circle might be stealing water from those in the middle. Um, they also think that maybe it has something to do with termites or other bugs, but they're not sure. Yeah. And these fairy circles can grow up to 65 feet wide. And they're like, pretty numerous in these deserts. Yeah. Um, and then there's also fairy circles in the Australian desert, which are made by termites. Yep. Yep. And scientists 
sort of believe this, but the the, the thing termites about, they might be make believe. No, it's not that the termites might be make believe, no, but that. the thing is, is the scientists are basing off of this dead grass stealing water and this mushroom. Um, mycelial network theory and they're like but neither of these things are really happening in this Australian desert and the native peoples were like um, according to the stories and legends from our ancestors it's termites and the scientists are like no <laughs> no um, and they're like yes yes yeah. um, so this is uh, kind of an interesting thing when you think about the science and the magic of it. Sure, sure. Uh, so just sort of keep that in mind. And then lastly, there are fairy rings that grow in redwood forests. Um, when we happen to live in a redwood forest, they typically grow around large old trees. The, the trees root network sometimes sprouts small shoots up and they turn into trees of, um, from the parent tree and they all share the same root network. And sometimes the parent tree dies and the child trees remain, but this isn't always the case. We yeah. actually have have several fairy rings of redwood trees on our property yeah um we have one that we like sort of we call it like the chapel because it's just this like perfect arch like into the side of a mountain and it's just like an arch of trees yeah it's know? very cool so yeah 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 it's totally. they're also we have several of them in an area that we know to be an area that is more active by the Fae as well. Sure, totally. So totally. that's sort of a piece there. We don't have yeah. like fairy circles of like mushrooms or anything there. Although no, we do, we get have a mushrooms, ton of mushrooms everywhere. But yeah, but it's they not, don't. They don't. They're not. They're not circling. Like they're just everywhere. So <laughs> circles within circles, one could say. Um, yeah, no a circle of one. De definitely with the termites. That that like totally makes sense. Um, so termites are one of these like fun uh creatures that um the way that they like hive mind is really really interesting uh scientists do a lot of study on it i watched a i've seen several documentaries on it um about how like what like if they put like a termite in a pen and um like a cage or whatever uh with like a pile of sand it will just move all of the little grains from one side to the other and then once it's done moving them it'll just start moving them back to the other side for like no apparent reason it'll just do this endlessly that it just works right and like it eats and drinks and sleeps and does you know bug stuff but like that's its task yeah uh, but when you get two of them in there it like speeds up when you get like three in there they start stacking to try and form like a shape of some sort but it never really works out and like as you increase the numbers you know there's a certain number and it's been a while since i've seen these documentaries but let's say it's like seven termites at seven termites now every time they build a pile they'll build the pile in the shape of an arch they'll build like a little arch and then a little arch next to it until they run out of stones and then the rest are just piles around it right and then they'll take those apart and move them over here and take those apart and move them over here and as you build up the numbers the like complexity of the structure they build increases which kind of leads you to believe that like okay so if like the legend the like the traditional tales that they're built by termites well it would make sense if like let's say during some sort of great movement in termite communities like some number of termites are left behind those termites would essentially just build circles yeah because they don't know what to do so they're just like trying to build the outside wall and they build it up and then they're like well that doesn't make any sense so they'll just go to another place and then build it up and that doesn't make any sense so like you know because there's not like enough termites to like support the like yeah complicated structural engineering that's happening yeah like through shared consciousness or whatever the heck yeah it's very interesting termites are very interesting bugs uh, the way that they like handle stuff, especially like earth moving termites, things like that, like dirt termites, mm. very interesting bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about the, uh, the thing about the fairy circles that's interesting is, is fairy circles sort of happen like everywhere. Oh, like totally. when you think about fairy circles, you really kind of think of them in sort of like this, um, Victorian art sense, right? Well, you Where certainly they're think like of a fairy circle in, as like you know, specifically in white mushrooms and mushrooms in, like, in a circle in like an English forest. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they happen basically everywhere in the world. Oh, um, totally. And yeah. we don't know why rings, rings. they, they just happen occur. everywhere, but yeah. we know why they happen in some places, but we still don't entirely understand like why. But the thing about it is, is all throughout the world, there is there are stories of uh, native peoples believing that the fairy rings have special power. 
Sure, and totally. also are typically inhabited or frequented by the fey folk of the area. We talk a little bit more about types of fey folk around the world in a different episode. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah. um, like these stories are for like everywhere. But the reasons scientifically for the fairy circles, we well, don't yeah, know the why. occurrence of the circles are are very different because the medium of the circles is very different. Yeah, depending on the region, it's just that nature seems to produce a bunch of circles yeah like yeah kind of all over or whatever yeah and there are of course a variety of different like local beliefs about fairy circles so like some people in scotland believe that fairies would use the mushrooms as tables or seats for their little parties party and, mushrooms I, know, I heard about those yeah party time mushrooms i mean it seems like a lot easier than renting a whole bunch of like tiny tables. Yeah, you gotta go to a pizza place. You gotta borrow a bunch of tiny picnic tables. So I don't. Yeah. That seems like a bunch of work. You gotta wait for pizzas to be invented for that shit to happen. Yeah. yeah I what mean, were you gonna eat on before pizza tables? Think about it. Candle candlesticks. No wax that is doesn't too make expensive sense. for that shit, man. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, your food's just gonna stick nothing. to the candle table. I got nothing. Yeah. Saucers, I guess. Yeah. Abandoned pieces of saucers. Abandoned saucers, yeah. Um, not to be confused with flying ones. That so... would be a very significantly more terrifying fairy <laughs> ring. Like, listen, I walk I'm walking through the woods, I see a circle of 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 mushrooms, I'm gonna be like, all right, don't go near that fucking circle, responsible adult style. Yeah. Um, but if I walk out into the woods and I see a circle of decorative floral teacup saucers in a circle i am never going into those woods again moving <laughs> move to the big city guys dude big city stuff brutal architecture concrete jungle yeah immediately abandoned nature that's horrifying so yeah don't do that yeah so um, elsewhere in Wales, some people believe that fairies pick the mushrooms and use them as parasols or umbrellas. Yep. Um, they also, um, some people also believe that there are cities of fairies underneath the rings. And as the ring expands, so does the fae city. Sure. Which is like a fun little yeah. thing to think about yeah, yeah. there. That's essentially the plot of Super Mario Bros. movie from the 80s. Yeah, basically. Was that the city was mushrooms. Yeah, basically. Something. So that's so, it. Yeah. Super Mario Bros. They, fairy they City. They knew uh, Fairy City, yeah. Yeah, they knew all about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Austria, some people believe that fairy circles are actually not caused by fate, but by a dragon blighting the land, causing only mushrooms to grow in that spot for seven years. Ah. And Circle in, dragons. Yeah. Yes. And in some areas of the Netherlands, they believed that the devil would put his milk churn there, and that's why it was... His milk churn? His milk churn. For, to make butter? That's what it said. His milk churn, yes. I'm assuming to make butter. And is it because when you're churning milk... I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna do that as an example uh the splashing is going to occur in a in a I, circular ring like shape from I don't because know. the because the devil lost maybe the lid to his milk churn this is honestly presenting more questions than answers <laughs> um if somebody has a picture of the devil's milk churn maybe he uses a different shaped churn uh please let me know about that yeah that would be also um what do you think the? i mean we know what the devil's lettuce is but what would the devil's milk be would that be opium yeah. And if so, do you make butter out of that? Can you make butter I, out no, of No, you that? definitely Probably can't not. make butter out of opium. That's definitely not how that works. No, because that's not the same milk. Well, then he's just churning milk for no reason, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe... I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just likes butter on his toast or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> I get it. Maybe he's like, everybody's going to tan there, so... No sunscreen, just butter. Just butter? Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's just going to smell like sizzling meat or something. I don't know. I mean, that sounds fantastic. Right? I'm just saying. Maybe Everything. he's maybe he's just like, we don't want it to smell bad down here. So, like, butter and potpourri. Everything barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so, depending on where you are, what happens when you enter the rings also varies. Uh, so, like, in France, they, some people believe... The answer is always very simple, though. It's don't. 
Uh, well, I mean, but also maybe, yes. But also maybe do. Um, so in France, some people believe that the rings were made by huge toads that would curse anyone who stepped into it. Mm. And also that maybe the, they were made by the fairies, but the toads were just protecting them. Mm. Like huge toads. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. A variety of other um, stories and superstitions also say that you could die or become invisible, sure. unable to escape. You might lose an eye or be transported to the fairy realm. Yeah. Okay. Those are all very different things. Die when you walk in the circle. Is it like silent instant death? Because that's horrifying. Oh, no. Uh, or is it like you walk into the circle and you're like, everything seems fine. And then just like, you know, doom. Um, uh, you know, it's a little bit of Become invisible feels like not a curse at all. Well, right? it's, it's not like, oh, like... hey, nobody can see me now that I stepped in this fairy ring. Life a crime. But then nobody right? could see you ever, and you'd have to live your life. Oh, alone. it doesn't like wear off or nothing? No. Mm. If somebody else turns invisible, are they visible to you because they're in the plane of invisible where invisible people are? Also, by turn invisible, do they just mean ghost up, bro? I I guess. Which might just be die. They're like, ah, this guy turned invisible. And you're like, (laughs) I mean, I can see his fucking corpse right there. But okay, maybe. Um, So that's okay, sure. Unable to escape, that's that's just like uh, it's just a trap in Dungeons and Dragons. You're like, what's this ring? uh, What's this ring on the ground here? And then you step in it and they're like, ah, bars shoot up out of the ground or whatever. Like we've seen 80s movies. Um, that seems like a weirdly unnecessary way to trap people. Lose an eye is far too specific. Uh, did somebody just poke you in the eye? When you walk into the circle, some guy just walks up and is like, we said no. Ah. Just gets you with like a nail or something and then like a (laughs) a twig. He's like, bah. And then just fades back into the bushes. Uh, You know, kind of. you're like, ah, shit. (laughs) Why wouldn't somebody do that? And they're like, don't go in the rings, man. There were signs and shit. You should have read them. Um, and obviously transported to the fair realm. That's just quicksand, dog. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you're just done. Um, and, of course, one of the more popular beliefs is that if you stepped in the ring, you'd be cursed to dance in circles around the fairy ring until you died from exhaustion. Although this exhaustion doesn't necessarily happen while you're in the fairy ring. Um, I mean, yeah, but, sure. You just die because you had to, like, dance the night away. Yeah. Sure, 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 yeah. sure, 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 sure. I mean, that's that doesn't seem too bad. Is there music? Who's 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 DJing the fairy ring curse? Um, I don't know. I imagine yeah. that that would also be like it's a probably dub, thing. It's probably dubstep or something, right? Oh, maybe they were like dropping yeah. the bass or like, like hundreds of years ago. Yeah, you know, it's like club music. <laughs> like walk in and the club music just takes you and you start dancing around in a circle. <laughs> this is my jam. Yeah. Right. Um. <laughs> Your friend's like, stop, you're please. Like, is that? What? You're like walking in the woods. We're trying and you're to like, save is you. That, is that 50 cent? Yeah. Don't, 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 don't. You're just don't like, I know it. this song. You're like, I know this song. I love this song. Yeah. And then that's And it, then the done. circle just takes you. I mean, that shit happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sometimes the music takes you. <laughs> Sometimes like, you have like, to like, rock like and it, roll. Like it was the, once said, music make you lose control. So that's a Mary J. Blige, I think, maybe. I I think so. Yeah. 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 I was going to go with like Kiss. Oh, sure. Like, you know, you got to party every night. Yeah. Yeah. So or you got to rock and roll all night and party every day. You know what? You know what? what? Thinking about it. That's a very Faye-inspired song. Somebody's got to be the cat. It's fine, guys. Yeah. Um, Somebody does have to be the cat. It's not me. (laughs) So a a lot of the more popular stories are negative, but there's also positive superstitions about fairy circles, too. So in some areas, like particularly in Wales, um, they believe that if the sheep eat the grass from a fairy circle or if crops are grown near one, then they will flourish. Mm. And in other areas, um, building a house or building on or near one could bring good fortune. Sure. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. I like that build a house just over the top of a fairy circle. That's very like, oh, what's going on in your basement? And then you like go down into a like a rock, like a stone cellar and there's just a dirt floor with a ring of white mushrooms in the bottom of it. That is I mean that's like a whole nightmare. That's like and I love kind that. of literally our basement. Yeah, I know, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. Our house was like built on top of this like old tree, but yeah. like we uh, like there are child trees 
in areas around. So we do kind of live inside of a fairy circle. Oh, totally. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> in an area that's like particularly active yeah. with the fairies. Um, so yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that's definitely a Different thing. kind of circles. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of depends on how you look at it. And the thing about the thing about working with the Fae, and this is our like third episode specifically sure. dedicated to the Fae, the Fae base is that like there's, you know, really most of the people out there are like talking about the Fae and they're talking, they're, they're saying like negative things like, and that's kind of like what the historical superstition is. Like, sure. don't talk to the Fae. The Fae are bad. Sure. They will, you know, do bad things sure. to you. Sure, but sure, the thing sure. about it is, that's kind of not how it works. Not even kind of. That's it, not how it works. Well, this is. Let me. Let me. Let's. Let's think about this from a from a perfectly rational standpoint here. Um, like, it's there's always some assholes in any group, and it's obviously going to be situational. Like, if you're doing a thing and you're getting like bad vibes, bro, about that fairy circle. Well, then, I mean, you know, don't go near it. It's giving you bad vibes. Don't touch shit that gives you bad vibes. That's, like, yeah. mad straightforward, right? But, like, if you're, like, everything seems cool or whatever, then, like, everything probably seems cool or whatever, right? Like, just be smart yeah. about it, you know? And don't be, like, doing silly stuff, you know? Well, it's not even just really doing, like, silly stuff. It's kind of, like, working with the Fae in a way that makes sense, sure, right? Yeah. So, like, they're not, like, they're not, like, a, a vessel to be at your beck and call. Um, yeah. So, like, if you, basically, like, if you want to use fairy It's literally circles, like working with any other animal. Like, yeah. if, one, sometimes people are assholes, but then also, like, if you're being, like, you know, like, like a shitty person about it, and like taking advantage of the situation or whatever. Yeah. And like in general nature is going to be like, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the, the thing you know, about like, it. Just think about it. It's, it's a pretty straightforward kind of yeah. thing. Well, the thing about it is the key to working with the Fae and also like by extension, fairy circles is, um, is this thing that's, that people have been like really talking about a lot since mm -hmm. like the fall of last year. And that's working your wage. Um, with, <laughs> the Fae are like low key quiet quitters. No, that not really. Uh, but they are very much in tune to this idea of equal pay for equal work. So in this case, the pay is the offerings that you are giving to them. And the work is the thing that you are asking them to do, whether sure. through a spell or a request or wish, however that, you know, however you want that. Yeah. Whatever your particular. Yeah. So like offering too little to them for a task is offensive. Like you want me to do all this work for a measly bite of bread. Yeah. That's like, you yeah. know, that's like yeah. offensive, yeah. Uh, but also offering too much would put them in your debt, which is a position they are also not fond of. Yeah. You may get too much oomph out of a spell this way also, which is not always a good thing. So really the key to it is, is sort of giving an equal offering to an equal task. And this can be a difficult thing to sort of like think about like, okay, well, what is an equal offering to an equal task? So if you were like, you know, help me find my lost object um you know that would be that's kind of a small thing you know like that's a small thing for them to do so that's a smaller offering as opposed to um help me quit my job for a better job like that's a that's larger like a ask there's yeah, a lot like a more work associated yeah, totally, with totally. that that kind of thing so you would want to be leaving larger and also probably more frequent offerings for something like that yeah so the idea behind it is is if you're leaving something small you will get something small in return if you're leaving something larger then you will receive something larger in return uh but really the thing about working with the fae is not just leaving offerings and getting an you know equal pay for equal work but also you don't always have to ask for something from from them and this is and really you can, you can just have friends you yeah all of your friends don't need to be some sort of weird asset in your portfolio of like human relationship you know like a monster yeah um so like you could just like be friendly about that shit right it's like bees you can just like be cool with bees or you can like over fucking react and yeah be aggressive with bees just let bees do bee shit 
They have important tasks that they got to take care of. Let them do their thing, bro. Yeah, they got bee. They got bee business. To yeah, do. they got bee shit to do. Yeah, let leave the bees alone, guys. Yeah, Help so them if like, you can, honestly, it's it's best to sometimes just leave an offering for the fae because you want to. This kind of doesn't really put them in debt in the same way as leaving a like large offering for a small task because you're just sort of like, hey. Thought you'd like this. Yeah. Uh, and that's a nice thing to do. This Thanks helps for to being build cool, dog. Rapport. Here you go. Yeah, it helps to build rapport with them, to establish a friendship. It helps for future spell work because you're sort of building that foundation because they know that, like, you know, you're you're good. You'll pay them back. You, know, you have to think of it as a reciprocal friendship yeah. where you're, you know, putting in and getting out, you know, you're getting out what it is that you're putting in and vice versa. Sure, sure. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that I think that often people look at the trickster thing in like a sort of like only negative tricks. Ha yeah. ha 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 ha. But like, you know, it's not all only negative stuff. Like, like it, it's again, it's like situational. You know, I think it's I think that the way we talk about the Fae is one of those like uh, like context and nuance is lost on the internet because like in a 30 second soundbite it's kind of difficult to uh to like fully like illuminate that like the complex nature of the relationship that people can and cannot have with Faye like relative to a bunch of shit so like obviously we're gonna kind of default to the like well they're tricksters so they're gonna do like tricky shit and like that's hard to navigate so don't do that shit Right. But like if you're willing to put in the effort and the work, then you can like form a, a good relationship. I mean, honestly, this is the exact same thing with like raising a garden. Right. If you just want to like buy a contraption and that you put in your kitchen that makes plants go like that's fine. But you're not going to get the full experience and you're not really going to have much of a relationship with your food, which is already a thing that is like lost on modern people these days is that we don't have any real relationship with our food. So we don't really have any connection with like the nature around us and the nature of our food and what goes into it and, and how like so many factors contribute to those things like. Because when you want lettuce, you go to the store and it just exists. You're not aware of the like how like, oh, this has been like a really warm and dry summer. So like lettuce is going to be less good this year, you know, because you're not yeah. growing your own plants and you're not doing those things. So it's like the, it's like the difference, you know, and if you've ever had a garden, you like know this where it's like, oh, a tomato at the store. It's good tomato. Even if you're buying like heirloom tomatoes, good tomato. But like the tomato you grew in your garden is like always better tomato. Yeah. Right. And it's because you put in the effort and you put in the work. And, and I think that it's the same thing with the Fae is, is it's part of that, like the natural connection between like, if you put in work, you get stuff out of it, you know, and that stuff is knowledge and, and like understanding and quality, um, and all of that, you know, all of those things together, which result in you like having that better relationship like you're talking about, you know, like I don't really think of the Fae as being transactional in so far as I have no need to like ask the Fae for a thing. They just seem like dope people. So like, just let them do dope people shit it, again, like bees, just like, they seem like they seem cool. Just let be bees do cool shit. Right. Yeah. Like that's a hundo percent my interaction with bees. Mm -hmm. So and that's the same way that I do that with like the fae and such. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do that a lot too. I leave them lots of offerings. I try to meditate and speak to them, to work with them, to better understand them, to help other people better understand them, which in its own way is sort of a devotional act for me to the fae is to have less people be scared of them and scared of working with them. Um, but I do also ask the Fae for help sometimes, but uh, oftentimes I find that they are mostly gifting me things. It makes yeah. things easier. It greases yeah. the wheels. Finding so stuff that you lost. How many times have I found a piece of jewelry that you've lost, like in the most random ass place possible? It it happens yeah. sometimes it in happens. like a place that it makes no sense for that jewelry to be in that place. But and not just jewelry. Oftentimes, many things. Oh, just like weird stuff. Just yeah. weird stuff. We have uh, yeah. we have lots of different things that have been returned to us by yep. the Fae, yep. Yep. Um, or we have found like one of the things that I found that 
since we have been working with the Fae is, you know, they are mischievous. Don't get that twisted. They will do mischievous, trickstery type of things. Uh, but when they do, they're it's generally, you know, fairly harmless. And I've always felt that when we find the thing that we have been looking for, you know, your lost keys or, you know, something like that, that, um, you know, you you like kind of hear them giggle when they're giving it back to you like ha, 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 ha. like how funny that was for us to take it from you you know you have to kind of imagine them in a different mindset as like standard um humans are really and just thinking about it that way definitely helps because you have to try to understand that they are not like us they're not humans. They don't think of things in the same way as humans do. So you have to kind of like keep that in mind when you're trying to figure them out. So like with all of that in mind, you can use fairy circles um, to your advantage in a very simple way, um, which is this. So leave an offering near one. Um, best offerings really are like honey, bread, um, candy, soda, wine, or alcohol, flowers, shiny objects of some value. Also, if you're leaving food or drink out there, just make sure that you're not leaving something that's going to hurt the wildlife. Yeah. Um, that's, that's no good. That's no bueno. And please try not to leave plastic. <laughs> out in out there yeah. um and then uh, once you've left the offering if you have like a wish or a spell that you want to do make it known when you leave the offering what it is that you want and the fae will fulfill the wish to the level of the offering made more complicated or larger asks being more work you'd of course want to pay them correspondingly um and also keeping in mind where you're leaving this stuff outside you know yeah. uh, don't leave like a whole rotisserie chicken in a park that's just weird <laughs> yeah, well, that's how you get raccoons and other sundry animals. Yeah, yeah. Right? So again, yeah, it's that's part of that like like pay attention to what you're leaving behind with regard to like where and what it is. Make sure that it's not going to have some sort of deleterious effect on the wildlife around here. Um and uh also like that offering can be both like like a like a a one-time payment or uh, you know, several re several reoccurring <laughs> payments in the form of installments. I mean, we all know what infomercials have taught us. So, like, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, if it's a place that you always hike, you could do a thing that's reoccurring every time you hike there. Or, like, if it's on your property, then just change that shit out, like, every day. You live there. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, you and know, you can just throw that stuff away when it's done, too. Yeah, yeah, You don't totally, have to do totally. anything fancy And if you live special. in a place where, like, the, the animals are already a bit of a noose. Um, you can, like, leave that out there and then bring that shit in before nightfall. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So you don't have, like, varmints doing varm and yeah. such. Yeah, you don't need bugs and mice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you don't have a specific ask, just leave the offering there for them. You'll often find later on that you've been gifted something small in return, a feather or like a small object. Sometimes a lost item will be returned to you. Sometimes an entirely new thing will be given to you. Yeah. Uh, one time you were gifted uh, a like a, a like sack of concrete. But like, you know, when you like leave concrete outside and it rains like and it hardens, yeah. it turns into yeah. like a surprise block. block of concrete. Yeah. You got a surprise, surprise block, block of concrete. concrete. That's happened. Yeah. Uh, we had the we had the sheep. Yeah, we have a sheep. We have like a little sheep statue that just appeared, appeared. one day. Um, We have had uh, a myriad of weird finds on our property. Yeah. Um, over time. Um, and sometimes it's like, like something Julie misplaced a while ago that I had no, no clue about. And I'm just like, oh, this is outside. What is this doing outside? This is an outside thing. And then bring it in. And I'm like, why is this outside? And Julie's like, I've been looking for this. And I'm just like, yeah, well, it was just out there. So yeah. Yeah. You know, or outside just um, do that sometimes. You know, recently we had uh, one of our dogs pass away. She was older and it was, you know, kind of coming and we, um, we're digging up a spot on the property to bury her and had like a pile of dirt. And in this pile of dirt, when we were starting to fill the hole back in, we found that there was like a, 
a lid to a pot? Like a lid to a pot, yeah. That was not there before. Yeah. Yeah, like not in the pile of dirt when I dug it up because I was having to use, I broke a shovel. So I had to use a trenching shovel, which is narrow. Uh, so that lid would have not fit on the shovel yet. There it was. So that's that was fun. Um, yeah. Weird yeah. things that happen in the woods. Yeah, all kinds of other Big weird things. Stuff. Those are just a few of the like top of our head ones yeah, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can work with the Fae there. And we talk more about working with the Fae in episode nine, which is literally called Working with the Fae. Yep. And it's kind of like the intro to the Fae stuff. Yeah. Um, and then also um, episode 39, which is Types of Fae. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, um, for those who may be interested, I am working on a sort of like a class for how specifically to incorporate working with the Fae into your practice. That's something that probably isn't going to be um, happening for like a little while, but like teasers yeah. uh, for our like 10 listeners uh, <laughs> <laughs> of like future things to come is uh, like classes and kind of like lectures beyond yeah. the podcast side of things. Yeah, yeah. More, more, more informational. Like, more like specialized lectures that sort of delve a little bit deeper. Um, we don't have all the deets really figured out on that yet. Yeah, but we so, have that planned. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so, like, I guess really the thing is, is like, okay, so what do we do specifically with regard to fairy circles, right? So this is like, like this is all about Beltane, and this is all about fairy circles. So, like, let's ask ourselves, what do we do? What do we do for Beltane? And what do we do with regard to the fae and fairy circles, but more specifically fairy circles? Because that's really sort of the, like connective logic here with Beltane 103. Yeah. So um, we kind of do, in a way, like sort of mock fairy circles. We typically invite people over for Beltane because it's like the season of my birthday and we always throw a party. Yeah, we always do like a blot. Uh, um, uh, and uh, so we usually have people around the bonfire and yeah. Beltane parties get a little wild. So sometimes there is dancing around the bonfire yeah. <laughs> and festivities uh, around the bonfire. So there's that. Of course, um, you know, we've said before, our house happens to be inside of a redwood tree fairy circle. Yeah. Um, and we have several, um, uh, like, both full circle and, like, partial circle fairy circles on the property in both, like, redwood and some of the other, like, plant life that's round yeah yeah right? we do also have a fairly peculiar circular clearing on one spot spot of our property and um this is where we usually do like pinatas and stuff and, and we often do pinatas and, like, for my birthday and stuff like that because it's like burned in, it's like stuff. burned on all sides yeah, yeah so we use it that way and when i want to go and speak to the fae specifically that is the space that i go to mm. um and whenever i do that i always go with like an offering to give them um and i definitely notice that that is more like bang for your buck, shall we say, sure, sure. than um, just leaving them an offering on my altar in the like little dedicated fairy, like face space, space sure, on my altar. Sure. So it is something that's definitely incorporated there. There are definitely great ways to incorporate the fate into Beltane specifically, especially mm. because Beltane is the time of the thinning of the veil. So anything that you do with the fate at this point in time are gonna is gonna be particularly potent and when you're looking at that, you can kind of do like, you know, any of these Beltane things. So Beltane is big for like fertility and abundance, but not necessarily like make it babies fertility. You know, it's like the time that like the earth is waking up and you're planting things and your seeds are working yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's a time of abundance. It's a time of fertility. It's a time of renewal. It's also a time to like appreciate the beauty in the world around you as the world is coming to life. And when you think about it, think about it as Samhain is sort of the opposite side of that coin, where it's appreciating the beauty of the world around you as its life cycle has kind of come to an end and we're coming to the the, yeah, yeah. the the end of the season, the end of the growing season. So you can sort of take any of those pieces into play there. 
Yeah, and incorporate those into your Beltane practice or into your practice with the Fae, but also you don't necessarily have to use those for the Fae. Yeah, 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 no, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that, I get that. We, um, like, like, you know, like you were saying with, uh, with the, like, the, like, large circle that we have down the hill a little bit that we do, like, pinatas and stuff in, so we, like, like to generally incorporate that in, like, our, um, especially, like, spring and summer and fall festivals. Yeah. Um, down there, uh, I don't really do anything, like, super directly with the Fae. Again, f to me, it's, like, bees is really yeah. the best. I mean, bees, mantises, ladybugs, like, it, it, any of, anything that's just sort of, like, it, like, they're there and they're doing some stuff and, like, I'm gonna help them out as best I can, so... Yeah. Like, whatever's yeah. clever, they're already doing a thing, so I don't need to, like, I don't need to be, like, like here, ladybug, fuck these guys, you know? I'm yeah. like, hey, don't don't go into that water, bro. The number yeah. of times yeah. I have had to, like, rescue <laughs> ladybugs from water. I have a bunch of ponds uh, for fish, so um, they, they really love yeah. falling into water. I also tend to work with the fae more than you do. That's just yeah. sort of, like, one of the differences sure. in, our, in our personal practices. Totally, yeah. Is I work with them, like, a lot, a mm -hmm. lot, but that's not really something that you necessarily do. It's just sort of there by osmosis yeah. for you. They're just there doing whatever, and I'm just here doing whatever, and so it's kind of like... Be cool, bro. Yeah. You know, don't exactly. be an asshole to your neighbor is sort of like the way that I kind of approach the whole thing, you yeah. know? And then like for us, Beltane is obviously like end of spring. We're getting into it. Our, our garden is like very judgy with the amount of work I have to do right now. Yeah. So um, like that's my main focus around Beltane. Um, and like before Beltane is like making sure that everything's like in the ground and you know, the planters are full and the, and the raised beds are full and the fabric pots are full and everything's on, uh, some sort of a system and I know where everything is so I can remember to water it and like, you know, we've like yanked weeds and we've done all the weed whacking to like kill back the like, you know, invasive guys. We, we've got ivy out here, so like, oh my gosh, you know, so much ivy. Kill, kill back the ivy, so that way it dries up in the summertime. So that way there's just less of it, which we've made, you know, huge successes at like killing the ivy back and letting the natural plants, the wood sorrel and the and the ferns and such like that, yeah, uh, to take back over. Um, we have like a weird, like, crop of forget me nots out of bloody nowhere, yeah. out of just left field, forget me not and about. So we're yeah. doing that. Um, and like, we're having like broom take off. And so like, you know, we're just like doing that kind of stuff, trying to get the land a little bit back to like, it's like not invaded and ivied up state. Yeah, which is also kind of its own way to partner with the Fae because yeah. they are sort of stationary in that this is their home and this was their home before we were here um both like us yeah. and like we and like humans, um yeah. were in this area so like you know they they sort of take that to heart they're like oh well this this like human really yeah. cares about yeah. this area so i noticed that they're always more active when we're doing stuff outside we always tend to find little gifts when we're doing things yeah. like when we do a bunch I, of yard I think, work i think of it as like gardener's friends you know yeah like like oh that's such a great spiders, way to look at spiders it. are gardener's friends you know and i know i'm using insects as a as an example but like this is one of them honestly for me like like birds right like finches and stuff like that they don't really like fuck with the garden but uh, yeah, so, like, I look at the Fae as sort of, like, the, like, gardener's helpers. The way that you look at, like, spiders and bees and, like, uh, like, finches, you know, anything that, honestly, anything that eats, um, like, slugs, snails, um, caterpillars, <laughs> right? So I'm always, like, a big, like, proponent of, like, bird, bird seed and such like that. Yeah. Um, so, like, that that's sort of the way that I look at the Fae is that, like, my relationship with the Fae is purely through me being, like an avid gardener because I love growing my own vegetables and such. Yeah. Like I'm not growing so much that I like don't have to go shopping at the grocery store or something, you know, I'm, I'm not that good, but, um, <laughs> yeah, those people, those people are committed in a way better way than I am. Yeah. But like, no, I just, I look at it as being sort of like, uh, um, part of the natural relationship that humans should have with the land around them and their food. 
So that's kind yeah. of that's that's my approach to all of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, next time we have a pub chat. So Woo. stay tuned for those. Those um, I'm the one that gets to come up with the questions for those, and they are always very rando. Maybe this time we'll keep that pub chat down to a reasonable amount of time. I said whilst lying through my teeth, because we literally talked about this in the last. I don't. Episode. I don't know that it's even possible, oh, that's bro. Just not. Yeah, I don't possible. even know that it's possible. But yeah. maybe, maybe I'll ask like a really simple question this time. Maybe I'm capable of doing that for once. Definitely um, not. We'll see what happens. Definitely not. Uh, so yeah, we've got a pub chat, and then um, you know, back to the back to the the full length guys. So we'll see what's going on with that. Um, and uh, also, we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons, uh, which is Alan, Miranda, Helena, Alexa, and somewhere. You guys are awesome, and you know, you guys keep us doing awesome stuff like this, which is awesome. Yep. Um, but thank you for helping us do what we do better every time. Yep. Yep, definitely, definitely. And um, if you want to, you know, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. All the links will be where links traditionally are based on the manner in which you're listening to us. Um, and uh, that's also where you'll find our Book of Shadows pages, which are the, like, uh, graphically designed pages that I make for each one of these podcast episodes. Yep. Which are a ton of fun, and we're, like, nearly caught up, guys, so... Yeah, we've we've got a we got a lot done. We only have a we're only back a few at this point. So, mm -hmm. um, and those should be done relatively shortly. Now that uh, now that we're back caught up in a bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you to our patrons. Yeah. And uh, normally for these uh, 103 Sabbath episodes, we've been doing uh, uh, like suggested reading, but this was actually really difficult. There's not a whole lot out there that's long enough or easily obtainable enough for me to um, give, give like y'all as suggested reading. So, um, you know, just like, go and like google fairy circle art and just kind of like take it in yeah definitely definitely and um are we gonna list our sources no there's a lot oh there's a lot of sources i mean we yeah. can put them all in a list we could put the sources in a list no yeah so no um but yeah just look out there You're in like, general https I mean, we're not going to say it out loud. Backslash. We're not going to say it out loud. That's not, no, 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 no. It's in a list. It's in a list, not a word list. That's, we don't do word yeah. lists. Um, we definitely do. Yeah, she does. I'm not, I don't participate in that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so definitely just like, you know, uh, if there's something that you have found that you, uh, that you kind of look at as like a prime source in um, like fairy circle stuff, uh, let us know. Comment below in the YouTube video. And speaking yep. of the YouTube video, uh, share this video, subscribe to the channel, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and if you're on the, if you're listening to this on a podcast network, leave us a review, uh, so that way we can know that you listen. Really. Yeah. Uh, at this also, point in time. let us know if you you know do you work with the Fae? Are you you know what are your thoughts on working with what the Fae? What do you fae? do with fairy circles? What How do you, you feel do? about circles? How do you feel? I have a bunch of um, videos on my Instagram and TikTok about working with the Fae, so you can go check those out if you want a little bit of extra. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, either way, uh, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Stay magical, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. Thank you.